Mark chapter 6, verse 45, the word says, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he went, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when everything, now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and they cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure, and they marveled. I read all of those scriptures today, but I want to go back to the verses that depict the, uh, the boat in the middle of the sea. And it said the wind was against them. It may feel uneasy right now. It may feel like a season of impossible. It may feel like the wind of life is blowing in your face. It is against you. But I want to declare this morning, hold on, Jesus is coming. Hold on, Jesus is coming. Anybody believe that today? Come on, let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you today for your goodness and for your mercy. Lord, I pray this morning that our eyes would be locked in on you and our ear would be in tune with your voice. Lord, I pray that anything that may be fighting for our attention, Lord, we just lay those things down. Lord, and right now, Lord, we just want to focus on you. Lord, we want to hear you speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Lord, I pray that as this word goes forth today, may it take root into the heart and lives of souls of people who are ready to receive it and may it be like fire in the bones of these people today it's in your name and the church said amen 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 and amen this morning before we really get into this text that i just read to us today i want to take a moment and remind the church who god is because who can testify that every now and then every now and then uh even the church We need to be reminded that God is who he says he is. Amen? So often we will go through life. We will go through trials. We'll be walking through the fires of life. And while we are going through the seasons, while we're going through these things, so often we allow the trial to steal our recollection of who God is. Because so often, as we well know, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the older I get, the more I realize that one thing that Satan wants to steal is the knowledge that we have of God. Because he knows that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word. And hearing is how we gain knowledge, which is how our 
uh, faith is increased. And he wants to steal that knowledge that we have of God because he knows that if he can steal the knowledge, that he can actually shake our faith. So first, I want to remind you, the church, that God is a God of love. He loves you. It is a love like we have never experienced. It doesn't matter who likes you or who does not love you. Aren't you thankful God still loves you? It doesn't matter how far you've gone. You still have the ability to call on him and he will answer you and he will save you because it's just the way that he loves. Is there anyone in this room this morning you are thankful that we serve a God that still loves us? It's a love like none other. Man's love cannot compare. It exceeds. It goes beyond. The word says it never fails. It, it keeps on giving. For God so loved the world that he gave. For God so loved. He so loved you so much that he gave his one and only son. And so often it's hard for us to understand a love like that because of, of, of the broken love on, uh, on, on earth. And so often we don't understand this love. So we begin to say things like, but God, you don't understand. I've been an addict for 15 years. There's no way you could love me. But God, you don't understand. I've been married five times and the person I'm with, they're not even my spouse. There's no way you could love me. God, you don't understand. I've been in this same cycle all of my adult life and I cannot get out of it. There's no way that that, that, that that you can love me. And God looks at you this morning and to those things he says, so I so loved you so much that I gave my son for you. Be reminded this morning that God is a God that is so in love with you. And if you know that God is loved this morning, that means that you should trust him. Amen. And if you trust him, that means that you should obey him because it's the people that trust him that obey him. See, you can't say that you love him and you trust him, but you choose not to obey him. There's power in obedience because God measures your love for him through your obedience. Wow. God measures your love for him through your obedience. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, you will do what I say. If you love me, you will show me by obeying the written law. If you love me, you'll obey me. See, why are we talking about love and trust and obedience uh, right before this text? We are doing it because this text is actually preceded by a miracle that was delivered through love, trust, and obedience. We talked about this miracle a couple of weeks ago. It was the miracle of five loaves and two fish and he fed the multitudes out of love and when the people watched this act this, this act of love their trust and their obedience just skyrocketed and here we are now. The disciples are standing here. They are, they are rejoicing because now thousands have seen this miracle and now here they are. They, 
they're standing and they're just so happy with what Jesus is doing. I mean, they just watched him take just a few pieces of bread and fish and thousands of people uh, were now fed through that. And Jesus looks at them and he asks them to go over to the other side. There is something about the other side that Jesus likes. Whenever they were fishing and no fish were being caught, he said, cast your net where? To the other side. In the gospels, we watch as he continuously telling people, Go to the other side of the lake because the other side, it can only be accomplished through obedience. The other side is where the fruit is for us. And here they are. He says, go to the other side. And what do they do? They say, of course, because they've just witnessed this miracle. And now their trust and obedience is even deeper than it was before. Because who knows, uh, who, who can testify that it's much easier to trust and obey God when everything is going great. Amen. It's easier to serve God when the skies are blue and your favorite song is playing and you are in love and everything is just rosy. It's so much easier to serve God then. And he says, go. And they say, yes. And as they are setting sail to the other side of the sea, we watch as this picture is being painted and they begin to look and they're out in the water and they begin to turn around and realize something Thing is missing. Jesus did not get in the boat with me because how many of you can testify that we've all had a season where we felt we heard the Lord and we get in the middle of the season and we turn around and we're like, Lord, where are you? I thought that was you. Lord, was that dream really you or was it the Taco Bell I ate? I thought it was you, but now I look around and Jesus, it's like you're not here. I heard you. I, I trusted you. I obeyed you. And I went, but now I'm looking around and I'm like, where is Jesus? And so often when we get in that place of where is Jesus, we, and, and, and we feel like we can't see him or feel him. We will often start to press pause on life. We will press pause on moving forward. We will press pause on our dream. We will press pause on our faith because so often we think that if I cannot feel him, I'm never going to see the promise. If I can't feel him, I'm never going to get to the other side of this thing. But you've got to understand today that one of the most dangerous things that you can do is live your faith according to your feelings because the statement itself is contradictory faith and feelings because it can't be faith if it requires feelings <sighs> but real faith comes when you say Lord I can't see you Lord, I don't know where you are. Lord, I don't know what you're doing. Lord, I don't know what you're going to do through this mess. Lord, it feels like I've not heard from you in weeks. But guess what? I'm not going to move off of my feelings. I'm only going to move based off of who I know that you are. I may not see you, but I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm not going to walk by my feelings. I'm going to walk by the faith that I have 
have in you. I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not going to stop moving, but, but because I don't feel like it, I'm not going to praise you because I just don't feel like it, but I'm going to keep moving because I know who you are. You've got to know this this morning that God doesn't do abandonment. He does separation. But he'll never abandon you. People will abandon you, but God, he, he never will. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. You may not feel me, but don't ever get to the place where you feel like I've left you, I've deserted you. And somebody needs to get this in your spirit today because you feel like since you've not felt him in a while that God God must be done with me. He's, he, he's done with me. But as I've mentioned uh, to you about reminding you of God this morning... I also want to remind you of the enemy because Satan is a liar. God still knows you and he knows and he is working all things for your good. I may cannot see it, but I know everything is going to be all right because I know who he is. The devil is after what you know about God. He's after your knowledge. That's why Paul says in Colossians that he prays that we increase in the knowledge of God. Because every time you can't feel it, you've got to go with what you know. I may not feel it, but i got to go with what I know. In other words, I don't feel free right now. But I know that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I mean, I don't, I don't feel it when I get up on a Monday morning. But guess what? I still know that whom the sun sets free, he's free indeed. I don't feel my healing right now, but I know that by his stripes I am healed. I, don't, I, I can't see it, but I know it. And sometimes we've got to stop going with our feelings, and we've got to go with what is written in the word. Amen. But if Jesus is for them and he's not abandoned them, then where is this Jesus? Where are you, Jesus? How many times have we asked the question, where are you? I've got a big decision to make this week, Jesus. I've got to say yes or no by the end of the day. Where are you? The bills are due. Lord, I was obedient to you. I've been walking by faith. Where are you? Are you? Let me tell you where Jesus was at. The word said that as they were going away, he was going up. He was going up to the mountain to pray. If I can't feel him and I don't know exactly where he's at, I'm going with what I know. And one thing I know is that Jesus is praying for me. Sometimes that's all I need to know to be able to make it, just to get to the other side. Sometimes all I need to know is that Jesus is praying for me. Go with what you know, because the Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he is interceding for you and for me this morning. I don't need to feel him, because all I need to know is he's praying for me. We should rejoice this morning just knowing Jesus knows your name and he is calling it out to the Father. He is praying, Father, heal him. Father, provide for her. Father, open that door. Father, shut that door. Father, let your will be done. Jesus is my intercessor. 
You say, I don't, I don't got any friends that pray. I got nobody in my corner. Jesus is interceding for you. You should feel important this morning. That Jesus is at the right hand of the Father and he is praying for you. Because prayer is the place where Jesus changes your perspective. Prayer is the place where Jesus shifts your mindset. Jesus is praying. The disciples are moving. Seems to be going fine. And all of a sudden, they get to what the Bible calls the middle. Stuck in the middle with you. <laughs> they look at each other. Rain came, wind blew. Stuck in the middle with you. <laughs> and here they are in the middle. It's not where they started. And there are good ways from where they want to finish. It's the middle. The middle is often where you begin to second guess your obedience. Should I really took this job? Should I have really bought the house? Anybody ever had buyer's remorse? Yeah. Should. Why did I do this? It's in the middle. When you're cruising in the car out of the parking lot, you're like, whoo. <laughs> then that second payment comes, you're like, uh-uh. <laughs> the car's not pretty anymore. Now it's a burden because you're in the middle of it. The middle is where you start second-guess your obedience. The middle is often where people quit because it's not where I began, but Man, I'm still a distance from where I want to be. And they get in the middle, and the winds begin to blow. The word says that it was blowing so hard against them that they were literally straining to row. Because when the enemy wants to attack you, he don't do it when you start because you're full of energy. And he don't do it at the end when you finish because it's too late. But he waits right about you get in the middle. And you can't see where you started. And you don't know where you're going. He waits for you to get in the middle because it's too far to go back. And you're not far enough yet to finish. He waits till you get in the middle. And the winds of life begin to blow. The wind begins. The wind was blowing. The wind, the wind, the wind. The wind is invisible. It seemed that if everything was going great, we just watched a miracle. Jesus said, go. We got in the boat. Here we are. It seemed if everything was going right, we've been trusting, we've been obeying, and all of a sudden, the wind, the invisible wind. Have you ever been in a season where it felt like everything was going great and you turned around and there was a wall? Am I the only one? Everything was going great, and then you turn around, and it's like you're slapped in the face by life, the wind of life. The winds 
came and and, and, and the winds were invisible and all of a sudden here it is the obstacle and the wind comes and it pushes you and it moves you it pushes you off and away from what you know it messes with your faith it's, it's pushing you to a place where you forget about his promises it pushes you to a place where, where, where you are forgetting what is waiting on your faithfulness. And Satan loves to use the winds of life because it brings confusion. He likes to use the wind because God likes to use the wind too. And if he can ever confuse you, where you don't know if it's the wind of heaven or the wind of hell, it will catch you off guard. Satan loves to use the wind because God loves to use the wind too. It was We talked about it last week in the book of Acts. There they were in one mind and one accord in that upper room. And suddenly there came a sound as of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the house. Satan uses wind because God uses wind. And for every move of the spirit, there will always be a challenging wind from the enemy. Every time God whispers to you, Satan will... Was that really the Lord? Every time you have a heavenly dream, Satan will come in. For every wind of the Spirit, there will always be a wind of the enemy that that, that does its best to startle you and cause you to to, to strain to move forward. Because Satan knows that if you ever get the wind of the Holy Spirit in your sails, that the winds of hell will never be able to catch you. He knows that if you ever get the wind of the Spirit blowing at your back and pushing you forward into the kingdom, Satan knows that he will never be able to grab you. If I ever get to the, if I ever decide the winds of life will not overtake me, but yet I, the only wind I'm going to, to yield to is the is, is the wind of the spirit. Somebody say yield. We've got to decide the winds of life are not going to push me. The only wind I'm yielding to is the wind of the spirit. And if we can ever get that in our spirit, guess what? I will finish this thing because it will not be by my might, it will not be by my power, but it will all be by the spirit of the living God can we just take a moment and thank God that the wind of the spirit is still blowing can we just take a moment right now church and thank God that the wind is still blowing over America the darkness cannot stop the wind can we just take a moment and thank God that the wind is still blowing in Rome Georgia that the wind is still blowing in legacy church yes Lord They are fighting against this wind. The Bible says it's the fourth watch. The fourth watch is somewhere between 3 and 6 a.m. Don't mess with me at 3 a.m. That's why I'll never have another baby. I'd have one if somebody would come raise it for me. And I didn't have to pay for it. Bring it back around five. Well, it's a deal. The fourth watch. Between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., it's dark outside. And the word says that it was during the fourth watch that Jesus looked up and he saw them. 
This is so important. Just because it's night and you can't see him doesn't mean that God can't see you. All they could see was the wind. Jesus, where are you? And he looks out just because it's dark outside in your season of life and you can't see him doesn't mean that God cannot see you today. He saw them and they were straining to row. He saw them strain. I looked up the word straining, and in the original text, it means tormented. They were tormented. Have you ever been tormented by something in your life? You ever been tormented by your job? Like, Lord, if I go in, ugh, torment. It keeps you up at night. It robs you of your, of your peace. It rocks your faith. They were tormented. They are rolling through their torment, trying to make it. These disciples are fighting the wind and are in torment. Just because God is on your side doesn't mean you'll have, you will never have to fight against the winds of life. The fourth watch, 3 to 6 a.m. The fourth watch. I was reading about it this week. And I learned some things that the fourth watch was known as the hours of advancing. Because it's when everybody else was asleep, your enemy would move in on the fourth hour. While all the others were in this deep state of deep sleep, the fourth watch was a time to move. It was a time to put your plans into action. It was often the watch that was the most difficult to stay awake in. Wow. It was the watch that it's just difficult to stay awake in. It was too late for the night owls and too early for the early birds. And it was, it, it was difficult for that watchman to stay awake. And I believe that we are in a season of fourth watch. Because the morning is about to break. Light's about to come. We are in a season of fourth watch. It's a season of strategic advancement of the kingdom. It's a season that will be difficult for many in the church to stay awake in. Because they are woke, not awake. They are falling asleep in culture. But the remnant is looking the remnant is standing on the wall. The remnant is like, hold on, don't go to sleep. Jesus is coming. It's a, it's a, it, it is a season of divine interruptions. Divine interruption in the middle of where are you? In the middle of I trusted you, I obeyed you. Where are you now, Jesus? There was a divine interruption in the middle. Because just when it seemed that all hope was lost, Jesus said, I'm done praying. I'm going to get my people. I'm done praying. I have made the request known to the Father. I'm coming. And he came down off that mountain that day. And get this, he didn't walk around the shore. He didn't get his binoculars out to see where they were. He didn't ask for a floaty. He didn't need a life jacket. 
Get this. He didn't walk around that shore thing, but he took a direct path to the exact location of the disciples. And now the same waves that they were sinking in became the waves that he was walking on. The same waves that he was sinking in became the same waves that he was walking on because he was showing the followers, if you'll just trust me and obey me, the things that you cannot get through, I already have the authority over and I placed them under my feet. He said, watch this. And he comes walking out on the very thing that was causing them turmoil, that was causing them torment. And I want to tell somebody this morning, hold on because here comes Jesus. You may feel lost in the middle of it all. Hang on, sister. Here comes Jesus. You may feel forgotten. Hold on. Here comes Jesus. You may feel stuck in the middle with nobody. Hold on, friend. Here comes comes Jesus. I want to speak to the tired this morning. I want to speak to the weary this morning. I want to speak to the people. Your, you, your, your faith has been rocked over the last month. Guess what? Hold on, my friend. Here comes Jesus, and he knows your exact location. His eyes have been upon you. Hold on. Here comes Jesus. He comes walking on what they were sinking in. And get this. This is so interesting. The word says, he's walking out toward them. The word says, but would have passed them by. But they cried out. There's power in a praying church. Because we sing the song, reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. But a praying church, he don't just go by you. He touches you. You don't just get the goosebumps. You get the miracles. And here he is. He would have passed them by, but they cried out. Get this. They thought he was a ghost. <laughs> you would too. Because they never seen this side of Jesus. I mean, they just watched a miracle. That was cool. Bread, fish, thousands of people. Okay, Jesus. I heard that you turned the water into wine at the wedding. That's cool, Jesus. But what in the world is that on the water? The word said that they thought it was a ghost because they had never seen that side of Jesus. They had never seen Jesus move like that. They had never, they, 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 they had seen some miracles, but never would have thought that he could walk on the water simply because they had never seen him do it. They thought they had seen it all. Isn't that so many people in the church? Let me tell you, so often we limit our miracles because we've put God in a box. Yesterday, during prayer, we prayed for a million-dollar miracle. People are like, well, you better be praying hard. Why not? There's a property with our name on it in heaven. 
the Lord is waiting for the faith of his people to release it. We've been asked this last week to make proposals on property. Four, five, six times the size of this building. If we wanted a school, we could open a school next year. We want to do after-school programs? There it is. 500 people in a, in a sanctuary. It's just waiting for the faith of the people to cry out, to do our part. And so often we will limit the miracles because we've never seen it happen. So we think, well, it can't happen to me, but let me tell you something about this miracle, this middle that we're in. Let me tell you something about this season. You're not going to get out of this season on yesterday's prayers and yesterday's faith. This is the fourth watch. Hold on, Jesus is coming. You're not going to get out of this season with this mindset of the way he did it before or he didn't do it that way so he can't do it that way or he did it that way so he's going to do it that way again you're, you're only going to get out when you say Lord I don't understand it I don't know what it is you're doing but guess what I'm going with you if it's you Lord say it if it's you Lord I've never seen you I've never seen this before but I'll get out of this boat if you call me Lord I'll do whatever I am believing Lord if it's you and Jesus spoke, it is I. Be of good cheer. Do not be afraid. Number one, he said, it is I, it's me. Number two, he said, be of good cheer. In other words, change your attitude. Look at your neighbor and say, change your attitude. Because you know what? The devil hates a person that can be in the middle of a storm and still be of good cheer. The devil hates a church that the winds from hell are blowing against it and they can get together on a Sunday morning after they've been tormented all week and they can stand in faith and say, isn't the Lord good today? Oh, I just want to thank the Lord. Do you know how much you confuse the darkness when you are standing in the middle and you are full of good cheer? Do you know how much you confuse the enemy when you walk in here not with a resting worship face? I ain't doing it. It ain't my song, ain't my key. They sing that chorus one more time. Ain't doing it. You don't come in. With the RWF, I think that's right. But you come in of good cheer. Because, Lord, I don't know where you're at. And I don't know when I'm going to see the breakthrough. But it, it may just be today. So I'm going to be of good cheer right now. I'm going to praise you right now. Lord, I don't care what. Lord, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know where it's going to be. But, Lord, if it's you, call me. I'm coming. Man, help me out. Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. You need to catch this because we, the church, we've got to get this in our spirit today. Because some people think we're standing in the middle of chaos. I think we're standing in the middle of a move of God. 
And the thing that God is waiting on, the thing that he's waiting to happen is for him to hear someone say, I'll come. And when the church hears him say, come, come up here. He's looking for a church that will not look at the obstacles around us. We will not look at and be consumed with the wind that's blowing against our face. We will not be consumed of what the public thinks about us. We will not be consumed. Lord, I can't say that because I might get a dirty email tomorrow. He's not looking. Lord, he's just looking for the remnant to say, here I am, Lord. I will come to you. Because earlier we were shouting, here comes Jesus. But now we're declaring, here I come. Lord, if you're going, I'm going. Lord, if you're moving, I'm moving. Lord, if you you move to the right, I'm going to move to the right. If you move to the left, I'm going to move to the left. If you do the cha-cha back, I'm going to do the cha-cha back, Lord. I'm going to do this all day long. Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. I may look like a fool, but guess what? I'm of good cheer. And if you move, I'm going to move. If you do it, I'm going to do it, Lord. And the only wind that's going to move this boy is the holy wind of God. 